at SFM Radio and at Pimelo Mutile on Twitter. Moving on to other parts of our continent again as well, just to look at how coronavirus has impacted on, on many things as well. In fact, uh, politics, um, how we we have done things and conducted ourselves, how politics has navigated itself around COVID-19. And, you know, I can tell you now, you've seen it here in South Africa, that all sorts of things are happening and, and it's showing us flames, right, in, in all sorts of other manners. So we go to Somalia and we go to Somalia because there is, a BBC Africa Eye reporter who's put together a mini documentary. It's called um, Grave Diggers Truth. And they go into what actually is going on in Somalia. So you are hearing reports about the number of cases there are um, in Somalia of COVID deaths. And juxtaposed to that is massive grave sites um, that we are seeing where people are being buried in their numbers. So the two numbers don't quite match up to one another. What exactly is going on there? Jamal Osman is the BBC Africa Eye reporter joining me now on the line. Jamal, thank you so much for joining us. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Pamela. Thanks for inviting me. So what's the problem? Why is it that you suspect something else is different as opposed to what has been reported by Somali government? Yes, I think what we wanted initially to do was to investigate what was happening in the hospital and follow these brave doctors who are trying their best to save uh, patients. And soon, very soon, we realized that so many people were dying outside because as we were filming in the hospital, what we were hearing outside the hospital didn't match. So we went to a local cemeteries visited them around, and the grave diggers told us the number they are burying at the time compared to weeks before that. It's huge. It's grown quite high. And then we went to local mosques, private hospitals, and, and we realized the government figure was in, in, in the tent, while the numbers or the figures we were hearing from outside were in the thousands. And for example, a particular cemetery called Barakat Cemetery, which we focused on, we even looked at satellite images and that particular land was an empty land in January, and when we were filming around April, they said they buried 2,500 in just one cemetery out of many in, in Mogadishu. So that tells you the, the true picture of the COVID-19 in Somalia. So the number that we, I mean, obviously this changes and fluctuates over days. So you, you, the numbers that are officially reported are in their hundreds at the moment, correct? Yeah, under 100, yes. It's less than 193. Less, under less yeah, than 100. Under. Is it because maybe you cannot declare somebody uh, has died of COVID-19 if they were not tested? Is that where the problem is? I think there are a number of factors. One is Somalia. I am Somali, and Somalia mm. is in a post-conflict on paper. We might have a government, but it's not a functioning government. So the government does not have the capacity go out there and check that's one the second thing is there is a stigma people who even would tell you they have high temperature you know uh, cannot breathe and that's the reason many of them were were dying that's what we were told uh don't want to go to the hospital in fact the only designated covid19 hospital in somalia or martini based in Mogadishu, and it's labeled as the hospital of death so People who even had COVID-19 symptoms didn't want to go to the hospital. And so people who don't want to admit, who don't want to be tested, who don't want to go to the hospital, a government that isn't functioning, you cannot 
count the number of people who have COVID-19 symptoms. So that is the main, the main issue, I think. The government side, the society's attitude towards COVID-19 also do not help. Jamal, is there a drive to go and test? So is there an outreach at all? Or do people just go themselves voluntarily when they feel like they're not well? The, 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 the government, there isn't any drive testing. As I said, the government does not have the capacity to test. Mm. The only place that people have been tested are in this particular hospital. It's a small clinic just outside that hospital, which is testing people. And people don't want to go to this hospital. Mm. And the government is not reaching out to the public to say, come, we want to test you. So I said from both sides, the government is not trying to test people. And people, because of the stigma, don't want to go to be tested and told you, you have COVID-19 symptoms. They, they all say, oh, it's a flu-like symptoms. And even we have, we were spent quite a couple months visiting the, these cemeteries. And when you ask people why your relatives died, they will tell you lack of breathing, temperature. And then you say, did you go and try it on test? And it's like, no, no, it's not, it's not COVID-19, but it's just a flu-like. So... People are in denial. People, because of that stigma, don't want to, you know, be tested and told you have COVID-19. As I said, from the government side, lack of awareness, lack of reaching the public, that, that also played a big part. So then how are then the hospitals managing these cases where people are refusing or even, I suppose, anybody who is conducting burials? Yeah, it, it, ironically, that particular ICU unit, which has only 20 beds for the whole I mean, 16 million, the population of Somalia is, it, it wasn't even half full. So wow. most people, or largely people are dying at home. People are not going to the hospitals. And we actually visited a number of people who initially went to a private hospital, uh, and then we followed them from private hospitals. And these doctors in these private hospitals were telling them, you might have COVID-19. Do you want to go to Martina Hospital to be tested? And the vast majority of patients will say, no, we'd rather die at home. So many of them went home and actually we met people who, we, we sort of followed people who left that, those private hospitals and died at home later. So yes, I said, people didn't want to go to the hospital, didn't want to be tested, except very few people who were sort of, who had some relations or some knowledge about health issues and who had sort of friends who are doctors who were influenced by that. But I would say, the, the vast majority of the population, that was their attitude. Also, I think religion played a big part. People said, you know, they're faithfulism, I'm a Muslim. Mm-hmm. Uh, they would say, yeah, whenever I have to die, I will die. Mm-hmm. You have to also remember, we have had a long civil war. So death is not something, uh, I mean, people are very familiar with that. So for them, it's like it's another way of dying. It's mm-hmm. not a big deal. And actually, when you say to them, people, you know, what would happen to your relatives and, and so on, so they will tell you, I mean, if they die, they die. So people are fairly relaxed about that. Mm. As I said, religion played a big part, lack of government, mm. I mean, people's attitude, all these combined, uh, you, you can tell, you can see, uh, and, and we, I can confidently say thousands of people at least died in Mogadishu with COVID-19 symptoms, while the government figure is less than 100. Does that mean then things like wearing masks and social distancing are not adhered to? Is, are there strict regulations around that? No, zero. The government said the right things. The WHO guidelines, you know, social distancing, you know, uh, businesses should be closed, curfews. But during our filming, things remain exactly the same even today. People, I mean, public transport were full, mosques were full, markets, businesses were open as normal. So people, 
people did not listen at all what the government was saying. So, and, and again, that did not help. And the government does not have the police force or the power to go out there and tell people to stay at home. It does not have the capacity or the power to do that. And people didn't listen. And as I said, we Somalia has been a lawless place for many years. And people are not familiar with government, you know, institutions, public services. Uh, it will take a while to get there, I think. But uh, yes, the government said the right things, the WHO guidelines, but nobody listened. Everything was going as normal in Somalia. What's the reaction to to your report? Uh, have you had anything that comes from from society in Somalia that reacts to to what you've just said? Yeah, I think most people who were on social media, who with sort of and, and some friends and colleagues I spoke to, said that the feeling was a real portrayal of what was happening in Somalia. But sadly, uh, I don't think much will change. The government wasn't happy with it and they wanted they was some of them said to me not officially why didn't you tell us about this and i said it's my job to to highlight what's happening and get to the bottom of the truth and hold power to account so yes the government wasn't happy but they were not disputing the findings in our report they have never disputed that uh, and actually they know and they know their capacity uh, their limitations and I, I would say the society in general those who are educated who know what's happening uh, were very sort of supportive of our story. But as I said, largely the society don't really care. They they say it's another flu life, you know, we always die. It's nothing new here. Uh, and they just go on, get on about their lives. I mean, how has this left you? Are, are you optimistic about the fact that maybe something will change or, or, or not really? Uh, th- th- that's one of the reasons I did was to, to sort of influence the society and say to them, look, if you are a young man or young woman and you think COVID-19 is not going to kill you, if you are not in the vulnerable group, your father or mother or uncle or, you know, uh, grandfather or grandmother might be in the vulnerable group. We should take care of our elderly, our parents. And I'm, 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 and it will take time, I think, but I am hoping and I'm giving lots of interviews to Somali media trying to reach the public and say, look, this is a serious issue. You must follow the rules. You must do social distancing and what have you. But as I said, you need more than just a film, I think, to change people's attitudes and and influence them. And what the government should have done was probably to reach the religious community, you know, convince them to close down mosques, talk to the business community, you know, convince them to minimize the opening hours, you know, talk to clan elders. Somalia, the clan-based elders are quite powerful. And, and the government did not take that approach. And they went along social media and tweeting and Facebooking in English. And most Somalis don't even have, don't follow social media, don't speak English. So the approach was totally wrong, I would say. And uh, I'm hoping things will change over time. But as I said, we have had a long war, you know, the society attitude, the fatalism and all of that. It will take more than just a film to change people's attitude. What's the fear with the stigma, Jamal? Is that they'll be ostracized? Or what is the fear exactly? Yes, that is exactly what was happening. And interestingly, uh, one of the doctors we followed said 90% of his colleagues had COVID-19. And some of them didn't want to admit, hmm. you know, in private they were telling us, hmm. yes, but in public, because of the stigma, yes, people would avoid greeting them, people won't visit them, you know, and, and their close community in a sense. So, yeah, that is what people didn't want to do. They didn't want to be isolated and ostracized and told you had COVID-19, so stay away from me. And that's why people are sort of hiding or don't want to admit or don't want to 
go to testing, this particular testing center, in case if they are told you are positive, people will find out. So that's what people fear, that discrimination and, you know, labeling of so-and-so with COVID-19 positive. Jamal, thank you so much. How do people access your documentary? Yes, you can go on BBC News Africa on YouTube, the full documentary. BBC News Africa or BBC Africa if you Google you'll find it the whole and, and the, the the full title is The Grave Diggers Truth The Hidden Coron- um, Coronavirus Deaths is that correct? Yes yes even if you yeah if you type if you, type, if you Google the, yes The Grave Diggers Truth Somalia it would come up immediately so yes it, it took us a while to do it and I hope something good would come out of it Appreciate it so much for talking to us. Jamal Osman, who is a BBC Africa Eye reporter, and the documentary is called um, The Grave Diggers Truth, Hidden Coronavirus Deaths, and that's a story coming out of Somalia.